chapter 103. How long has it been since we saw Noah Don's name in the book? I don't know, but a little bit of setup for this chapter. Dalinar in the last episode gets basically scared out of Vadenar by the thrill, runs back to your Thiru and can't even escape the the thrill there. It's still in his mind taunting him and he resorts to the third man is what he refers to himself as the one who drank himself to oblivion before or after he killed Evie and he runs to Adolin's room, grabs a flask of wine and just downs the whole thing and passes out. Um, at the end of the last episode. So chapter 103, this is not a flashback Dalinar chapter, as far as we know. It's current day Dalinar, but he's on, he's gets thrown into what he initially assumes to be a vision. But we learn later that he wakes up and there's no high storm, and the Stormfather hasn't really regained his bond with him. Like, at the end of last episode, the Stormfather withdrew, but it specifically says he didn't break the bond. He just withdrew his favor, is what it says. And so 103, he gets a vision, but it's not during a high storm. Okay, now we can talk about the vision. <laughs> just need to set that up for you. And I was stuck there on, is this a vision? Is this just a normal dream? Is he just kind of dreaming? Is this all this coming from his own? you know, inner subconscious, or is this, you know, odium? We, we've seen that odium seems to have some kind of power over visions. Is this odium giving him a vision? It's very unclear. And as apart from honors, like recorded tapes of, of documentary history or whatever that Dalinar gets to watch, Noadon seems to be interacting directly with Dalinar. There's, in his other visions, he's standing in for someone, and they see him as that person, and he can kind of kind of interact with them, but they have to stay on a script, basically. This one, Noadon just seems to be having a direct conversation with Dalinar. Granted, it's about grocery shopping, but other than, it does seem to be a genuine conversation. That was the biggest thing I wanted to point out, because normally we see Dalinar kind of shuffling to figure out who he is in the the vision and trying to, like, fill that role well. And here, I mean, he does a little bit of that, but here he, he's just kind of Dalinar, and he's talking about his actual problems he's facing in real life and and kind of seeking advice on that almost. And it's... It's cool to see, and, and it made me really confused. Is this a vision? Is this supposed to happen? Or is this something different? Is, is he actually kind of talking to no one on? Is this a, a farce? I don't know. I, don't, I really do not know. This is probably the biggest thing that raised questions for me in this episode. So, Is this like his super bondsmith surge powers of like he can, I don't know, go back in time and actually talk to people or kind of crazy. And the Noadon that we see in this vision is very different from the Noadon we've seen before. He's older, but he's also sillier. Right. More <laughs> flippant. He's just kind of, Jovial. he's just kind yeah. of, 
goofing off. Yeah. He's, he's joking around. He's just, you know, doing nice things for the people because, and he's going to the, the market so that he can haggle prices with the, the vendor because that's fun to do. And it doesn't seem to jive with, and it, I think Dalinar struggles with this too. It doesn't seem to jive with the Noadon we know of and have seen before, you know, the author of the way of Kings. So is it, yeah, he just kind of got a little more carefree towards the end of his life. Or is this not actually a depiction of Nodon as he was, and it's more of a, I don't know, figment of Dalinar's imagination or a portrayal of some other voice, Odium, or something like that? At the end of the vision, there's a couple specific things that happen. It kind of all comes to a, like a colossal loud stop it kind of like crescendos and there's this thunderclass like slowly approaching the the scene throughout the vision and then it basically comes running up noadon kind of turns to it and says oh that's weird why'd you summon that dalinar what does that represent and dalinar says oh it represents pain and noadon says well you've forgotten a really important step to a journey. What is the most important step a man can take? And the vision ends. What does this question remind you guys of? What are the most important words a man can say? And where's that from? It's from the prologue to the first book, The Way of Kings. Okay. That's what Gavilar says to to Dalinar or to Zeth to tell Dalinar or something like that. Right. That's his message to Dalinar is find the most important words a man can say. And we'll talk about that quote a little bit more in chapter what 105. If, but... This is me being ridiculous, but what if the most important ma- words a man can say are what is the most important step a man can <laughs> <laughs> And the most important step is what to find the most important <laughs> words a man can say. No, I'm kidding. Riddle uh, solved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, I know you guys have more thoughts on this. It, it is very similar to that other phrase we've been trying to track down for a very long time. And I'm this one in particular, especially when you go on to read chapter 105, seems to have some application to where Dalinar is at, where flashback Dalinar is at in his story. The most important step a man can take, well, you can answer that by saying the first one. Right. Dalinar, which we're going to talk about in a second in chapter 105, decides to go on a journey. And that first step on that journey, you could say that is the most important step a man can take. Now, how you apply that to the most important words a man can say, I'm not quite sure about that. I have something I want to say about that that I just thought of. So, Delinor is seeing this in a vision, right? Or vision or something. It's something. He's very quick to assume it's a vision, but he also realizes it's not from the Stormfather when he wakes up. 
Yes, he it it's very deliberate in showing that when he wakes up, that they like there was no high storm or something like that. Like he just had it, so it makes me think it's surge binding related. I guess that's just where my mind goes. Um, so Noadon wrote the Way of Kings, the in game, the the in story book, right? Right. That's what he wrote. Um. And Delinor has, like, read it all. Like, he knows it, right? Um, and Gavilar gave Delinor the message of finding the most important words a man can say. Do we think that Gavilar was... Like, like how did Gavilar get that premise or that, like, mission of finding the most important words a man can say? Do we think he got it from Noadon? through a similar type vision was was Gavilar like I don't know going crazy surge binding or something or like or was that in the way of kings because I feel like if it was Delinor would have known that already right so it is in the way of kings it's the first word of the way of kings which we'll learn in 105 um, which I'll, I'll read oh, when we okay, get there okay. it's, it's literally the first sentence in the in world way of kings and okay. Back in our way of kings, Dalinar is trying to get Sadius to read it because, and Sadius is saying, "No, I'm not going to read it. Your brother was reading that when he died and was going a little crazy, so I'm not going to read it." So Gavilar certainly did read the way of kings, and that's what he's writing to Dalinar in his last words of basically read the way of kings. Read the way of kings. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I'll put a pin in this conversation real quick because I do want to come back to it. But let's talk about 104 fairly quickly. I do want to give some justice to Navani, like your words were referring to earlier, Paul. But I mean, there's not too much in this chapter. But Eurothiru has got to keep on trekking, even though Dalinar's in a crazy, drunken mess in his room. But Navani's really stepping up. She does have. A little bit of resentment for for Dalinar that he's Navani thinks he's grieving. Navani thinks he's grieving Adolin's presumed death in uh, in Kolinar, and Navani's like, "Well, my son's there too. Why is why does he get to drink himself to oblivion?" Is what she says, and I have to hold things together. Uh, but that doesn't last too long because she does acknowledge that well. Not everyone can be strong all the time. I'm going to step up, and then when my turn comes to take the back seat, Dalinar will step up too. So she she certainly is there for Dalinar, speaking for him, for the council and his high princes and stuff like that. So There's a, a cool quote in this chapter about how Navani views what she's doing as a way to love her new husband. And then yeah. there, there's a cool little bit. I, I didn't actually write down where it's at, but there was, I remember there being a, a bit about she's, you know, specifically doing this because of the love she has for Dalinar and which is very cool. I, I do have a lot of respect for Navani after this chapter, even though I am a little bit with Paul, what he said at the very beginning that this chapter was a little bit boring, but <laughs> I get it. Yeah. 
it's one of those that it was really like cool to see and it added to Navani's character of just like what what's she doing like what's going on in her world right now and we see and we can gain some sympathy for it because it's really really tough um we even see her like is Delinar gonna make it through this like is what I'm presenting him or sticking my neck out for him to be is it like actually going to be okay seeing those doubts but also seeing her brush those aside and and step forward was really good but yeah i don't think i don't have any theories i don't have anything to add past that there isn't too much reread value Mm -hmm. it's good for the storyline Sorry. All right, 105. I do want to read the in-world opening to the Way of Kings, but first we need to get there. This chapter opens with Dalinar flashback, and Dalinar is at Gavilar's funeral, and Gavilar's being soul-cast to stone, which, Elliot, you said you wanted to talk about soul-casters. I'm assuming this is where you want to pick it up. But Gavilar is being soul cast to stone and, you know, there's probably a hundred people there. This isn't like a a widespread thing that's happening. This is for family and high princes and important people that are all here. But this isn't like a in the main square type of thing. This is fairly private. Yeah, this was definitely a cool scene for a number of reasons. The the whole Gavilar funeral part, and then of course the the Dalinar and the interaction in the second half of it. Um, was there anything else you want to say before I talk about Soulcasters? Go ahead and talk about Soulcasters, then we'll get to the second part of the the chapter. Okay, I have some theories, guesses, something I've noticed about Soulcasters, and it came to me when I was reading this chapter, but then I realized there's lots of other examples. So we've already talked about how. When soul casters do their soul casting a lot, they they change. Stuff happens to them. We've seen this a long time ago that there were soul casters out on the Shattered Plains that we saw were kind of weird. Then we had that interlude where they went to the island of Aemia, and that soul caster was like turning into smoke. Then we saw the soul caster that Azure had in Colinar turning into vines. Here, this soul caster is turning into like plate-like like i'm thinking like tectonic plates like splitting apart and then like there's a glowing light kind of behind like the rocky skin on this soul caster i realized that all of these descriptions fit spren that we're seeing in shadesmar so we have the the one soul caster that's turning into smoke we've seen we've been coming across spren in shadesmar that they are smoke and there's the one shade there Soulcaster is turning into like vines. This is what we mentioned before. We've seen Spren and Adolin's Deadeye is one of them that is vines. And then we've seen this Spren here that described as like they have an inner light with like some rocky kind of plates that fit over that. So I'm drawing a parallel here and I'm wondering why are these people turning into a spren or becoming like spren 
And I'm wondering if they're soul casters. Remember, these are not radiance. These are people that are using a fabrial to do this soul casting ability. The implication there being that they have some sort of spren imprisoned in their soul caster, like the physical thing that they're using. Are they like becoming that spren that they're using or some other weird version of that? Are they being taken over by that spren who they're forcing to do this magical powers that they're doing in the physical realm? These are the thoughts I'm having that have kind of come to me as I saw this this soul casting in action here in this scene. Your theory is not unfounded. That's what I'll say. Nice. And Thanks I, for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the implications of the of this are yet. I don't know like what this means, but I'm I'm drawing some parallels that seem to be aligning. So I'm I'm gonna have to keep keep digging on this one and figuring out what's going on here. Are they bonding with the spren that's in their soulcaster? Are they becoming a spren themselves? Yeah, all all questions I'm asking myself right now. The only thing I'm gonna throw out there. As like where I could see a potential for a like connection, which this is very loose and just kind of bear with me here. But I talked about our unmade making bonds, right? And so I'm wondering, in the same way that there is like stormlight and void light, is there our Nile bond, and is there some kind of like inverse or evil bond? And that would make me think, like, maybe these people are, like, forcing, or maybe the Spren is forcing, or something like that, some kind of bond between them that is just corrupted, or something like that, and that is causing them to kind of, like, blur together, just kind of messiness, like, why they're becoming the way they are, and also... I'm getting that from what we've seen with our unmade, their desire to bond with people, and then like Aesodon was crazy. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there and stuff like that. So that's the only thing I can think of related to this. Actually, that's I'll a really just... good point, actually, because we see someone like Kaladin who has, from as best we know, a healthy bond with his Spren, and he doesn't really have any physical changes that he undergoes aside from his storm or surge binding abilities. Then you have Aesodan who has a bond with the Spren and exhibits these very drastic physical changes that, yeah, you could definitely draw some parallels to our soul casters who are now exhibiting changes that match potentially the Sprens that they're using. So is that another example of some sort of unhealthy or wrong bond that they formed. I actually really like that connection you just made. Side note. Do we know who okay, in these fabrials, do we know who like is imprisoning these spren? Ardens. Okay. It, it's no, a never mind then. It's a a, a well-known science. Well-known. Okay. It's a it's a science that's, that's passed around okay. around. Okay. Teravangian mentioned something about it, about how you have to lure in the Spren with something the Spren likes. 
So yeah, there's some sort of process that's been hinted at that you lure in the spren and then somehow you entrap it in a gemstone. Don't know quite how that works. Okay. Because my only other thought was what if what if Odin is kind of sending his like corrupted spren or something to be captured or like whatever. And then it's like forcing people to have these bad bonds and just like, I don't know, part of his world domination tactic or something. Who knows? But that's, I'm not going to feed that. I don't think that's true. I was just kind of brainstorming. I just had another thought along these lines. Another bit of evidence is our Parshendi. So our Parshendi, we know that they bond with spren they go out into a storm right to try and attract the right spren in order to change forms there's another example of bonding with a spren and it resulting in a physical transformation maybe that bond that they're making is another version of that like incorrect bond where they're forcing a spren to bond with them and it causes a physical change in them resulting in the the different forms that they that they see so Another example of a bond, perhaps, that is the opposite of, like, Kaladin and Sill's bond. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Nice stuff, guys. Anything else? Before I start reading the Wave Kings? That was it on Soulcasters. All right. Real quick, I'd like to read... Yasna's reading of the in-world way of kings. Dalinar is keeps hearing voices in his head of the people of Rathalas, the the children crying for mercy, and he's he's running for his alcohol. He gets to his room and he's trying to open the cabinet. He's locked it shut because people are hiding his alcohol from him, and so he's locked it. He's locked his cabinet and he's trying desperately to get this cabinet open but his hands are shaking so much that he can't get the lock open and from down the hall he hears Yasna and she's reading this you must find the most important words a man can say those words came to me from one who claimed to have seen the future how is this possible I asked in return have you been touched by the void the reply was laughter no sweet king the past is the future and as each man has lived, so must you. So I can but repeat what has been done before? In some things, yes. You will love, you will hurt, you will dream, and you will die. Each man's past is your future. Then what is the point, I asked, if all has been seen and done? The question, she replied, is not whether you love, hurt, dream, and die. It is what you will love, why you will hurt, when you will dream, and how you will die. This is your choice. You cannot pick the destination, only the path. This started my journey, and this begins my writings. I cannot call this book a story, for it fails at its most fundamental to be a story. It is not one narrative, but many. And though it has a beginning here on this page, my quest can never truly end. I wasn't seeking answers. I felt that I had those already, plenty in multitude, from a thousand different sources. I wasn't seeking myself. This is a platitude that some ascribe to me, and I find that phrase lacks meaning. In truth, by leaving, 
I was seeking only one thing, a journey. And that's basically the prelude or the prologue of the in-world Way of Kings that Yasna is reading to Dalinar. I I love this. I love this chapter. I love that excerpt. Uh, Brandon Sanderson's a brilliant writer. And the, uh, I agree. I think I think this is one of the coolest things I've ever read. The this specific like part because like the I don't know the amount of thinking and planning that has to go into writing a book that has an in-world book of that book and having both be really significant right is very impressive that's incredibly like impressive and so that is so good and I love that a lot and and it's oh my gosh I'm about to go off for a while here okay just buckle up not only are we seeing how this in-world book is affecting... Like, we've seen how it's shaped Dalinar's character for a year and a half now. And now we're seeing that, and it's things that we can take to heart as well. And that's so cool. It, like, actually adds such a layer of relating to our characters that, like, I don't even know how... I don't even know how you... This is this is very this spot is the most I've ever been impressed with Brandon Sanderson's writing. Like this part right here. There's from the writing standpoint alone. This is something I think Brandon Sanderson really excels at is presenting you with information, but it meaning so much more to the character at that point in time. And this has happened like with Kaladin and Dalinar giving up the honor blade for Kaladin and his men back in the Way of Kings. He, he one of my favorite moments it's, it's awesome but what like that's that's a really cool moment but it's way cooler for the reader because you know what that means for Kaladin where he is right then and Dalinar doesn't know that Dalinar doesn't know Kaladin but Kaladin has given up so much has spent the entire book hating light eyes for everything they've done and there's no honorable light eyes and but he still goes back for Dalinar and then Dalinar repays him, even though Cal he has no idea where Kaladin is on that story. And it's a similar thing here of we're presented Dalinar with he's such has had such a broken place in his life. And his he's such a drunkard that his hands are shaking and he can't open this cabinet, and then he hears the writing of Noadon from down the hall, and he's just crying and walks into the room and Yasna's crying and it, it's it's such a good scene. I love it so much. It's powerful. It's definitely powerful. And it 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 brings back a reference to I'm gonna steal your word here that you used at the beginning, Paul, journey. We we've known that journey before destination is at least so far probably the most cohesive theme throughout all of these books and here's another moment where that theme is coming back in we know dalinar is broken we know he's at his lowest point and what does he need to fix that a journey i've waited almost two years to have these 
end end book Oathbringer conversations and we're finally having them. Like <laughs> when I was trying to get you guys to read these books, I just wanted to talk about these things with people and I mean, we're finally getting to them, so I'm happy. <laughs> Here we are. I think, I think my favorite th- this this chapter is where I've like being honest, so far I haven't been that impressed with Oathbringer because I've looked at it as the star ten out of ten. It's going to make every problem in my life disappear. Like it's going <laughs> to be a revelation of every of mind, body, and soul. Um, and it's been a great story, but this added like another level of like depth, which I can really appreciate. And it very much leads into Journey Before Destination because it would not have the impact it has without everything we've read so far. So it's really neat. And And this is part four. And it's part four. This is part four. I can't emphasize that enough. It's only part four. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. (laughs) And there's and there's more information we need about the Dalinar storyline still. Right. This however this does strike me as it could potentially be a very key moment in in that journey. We've we've talked about this multiple times throughout reading Oathbringer since we know it's we know it's Dalinar's story. We're kind of dissecting this as we go to figure out who is Dalinar, is he honorable, is he not? Is he going to turn into out to be really just that character we saw in his in the flashbacks that's terrible and loves to murder everyone and everything? What I've been afraid of, and what we've talked about before, is that that scenario I was just describing, that Dalinar is only honorable because he can't remember who he really was. Right. So we're kind of waiting, at least I'm kind of stuck waiting for the moment where Dalinar says, I need, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to go to the Night Watcher and get my memories erased. And that could potentially lead us down to a path where, you know, okay, Dalinar's a fraud. Right. That's not what happens here. That is not what happens here. What happens instead is Dalinar gets inspired by this moment with Yasna and Way of Kings and decides to go on a journey to change himself. And the the point of his quest is he's going to go to the Night Watcher, supposedly at the recommendation of Evie, I guess. But this nuance in, in the why he's setting out here seems like it might be important. Right. He's not setting out to go drown his sorrows in forgetfulness. He's setting out to change himself through the process of a journey. Right. And there's actually kind of a comical moment right at the end of this chapter where Yasna hugs him and he leaves and it's a really tender moment and Adolin comes in and says, uh, hey, we're we're about to ship out for the, the Shattered Plains and then Dalinar's like, I need to go on a journey. And Aelin's like, Well, yeah, it's a long way. Like, what, what, yeah. <laughs> like, of course, of course you do. What are you talking about? And it's it's just a funny little writing moment there where he's Dalinar's all, you know, prophetic or whatever. Or I need to go on a journey. And Aelin's like, well, Of course you do. It's it's not here. It's over there. You got to go on a journey to get there. So we still need to see what happens when he actually goes to the Night Watcher because we know that's got to happen. So there's still there's still pieces missing from our story here, but this is this is an interesting key point that 
that I think is, yeah, powerful. And that why is Downer doing what he's doing? He's he's trying to become a better person. Right. Anything else from this episode? I would like no. to read the entire uh, in-world Way of Kings. Me too. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like... Well, but, yeah. It'd be cool. Apparently it takes Yasna eight hours to read it out loud, so however long that is. That can't be that. Like, I've been listening to this audiobook for like 45 hours, and there's still like eight hours left or something, so... It's probably like, you know, 50,000 words or something like that. Like, something... Early. Yeah, just a measly number. Yeah. Light work for Brando Sando. Alright. Any more closing thoughts? That, that was a lot. I'm spent. There was a, a lot of nuggets, a lot of little revelations tucked in, in these chapters, so that was big. More that to come? A, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was a whole lot of fun. I enjoyed this one. Me too. Let's... Also, thank you to Stephen once again. Thank you, Stephen. Let's read and find out and reconvene next week. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. Let's do it. Peace. And I guess Merry Christmas. It will be kind of close at the time that this comes out. So, yeah, there we are.